Hi, I'm Cleo, and this is the Omega Sports Women's Only Podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to address common questions, concerns, and topics that help women stay active, healthy, and thrive. We're going to spend some time with a collection of experts, brands, and community leaders that are helping women live their best lives. Everything from sports, fitness, health and fashion, to inspirational and empowering stories from our neighbors. So let's get started. In this episode, we will be talking to Mariam, who I like to call Mimi, Melvin, who is a two-time Emmy Award-winning news producer at WRAL-TV. That's a lot to say because she is very well accomplished. (laughs) Mimi, say hi to our listeners. Hello, hello, hello. We are so glad that you came on to it with us today. I am so happy to be here and so honored. So I'm ready. I'm pumped. (laughs) I love it. Well, I met Mimi through Daisy, who you may remember was on a previous podcast. Daisy recommended that we have her on our podcast, and we are so thrilled that she took some time out of her day to join us today. Mimi, you are Chicago born and raised. What was it like for you growing up in Chicago? First of all, shout out to Chi-Town. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Listen, Chicago is cold. Listen to me. If you're going to go visit the Windy City, do not go between, I would say, October and April because you don't know what you're going to get. But oh my growing up, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's cold and it'll turn you away. But mm-hmm. I will say that it was fun. You know, we had all four seasons. <laughs> I grew up with uh, two brothers, a sister, and, you know, a mom and dad. And so, you know, there was always, there was a lot of fun in the house, lively, uh, is the best way to put it. Two boys, two girls, and a mom and dad chasing us around. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. And it was a middle-class neighborhood. So, you know, basically... There were a lot of children in the neighborhood. So, you know, a lot of double dutch going on and oh, yes. softball flashback. games. Oh, yeah. Flashback. I, I, I might be telling on myself, you know, my age. <laughs> but that was the early years. And I bore witness to a lot of change. Mm-hmm. I was there to celebrate, you know, the Chicago Bulls winning the sixth championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was it was really nice because it is a it's a melting pot. So, you know, you, you experience a lot and I didn't understand that until I moved away. Well, that excites me 100%. And I have visited Chicago before and had eaten at a lot of different places. So it was, it's a beautiful city. I was downtown and I was very, very, very impressed though. Not sure Mm -hmm. if I'll be going back anytime soon, but if I do, I will keep in mind to go at the right time of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also make sure you visit, you know, all the museums because I think people get caught up in, you know, Magnificent Mile, the shopping and all that. And And that's great. But I will say that being a student in Chicago public schools, it was mandatory that they took, well, I don't know if it was mandatory, but I know we went every year to the DuSable Museum, to the Museum of um, Science and Industry, wow. the Art Museum, the, plant, the Adler Planetarium, uh, Shedd Aquarium, places that people from other parts of the country and the world travel to. We went as kids every year. And wow. I used to think, oh, you know, this is 
what they do. But then you start at the, after I grew up and, um, you know, I even take my children now and you see how other people view the city. So, you sure. know, I didn't realize, you know, just how blessed I was to live in a great city. That's amazing. I'm glad you're giving out that information about visiting the different other portions of Chicago that are important, the different landmarks and things to educate yourself. It's great to shop, but it's also great to go and learn something new that you didn't know. And these museums, I'm sure, give you that. But speaking of when you were younger, you know, even from a young age, you knew that you wanted to change the world. Why were you already so ambitious and who inspired you? I was newsy. That's what I like to call it. I think <laughs> in our first conversation, I told you, I don't like to call myself nosy, but <laughs> I'm very talkative, never met a stranger. You know, kind of what you see is what you get with me. I've had to learn to t- tone it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But even as a child, you know, I would want to be around the adult conversation. You know how <laughs> back in the 80s, you know, <laughs> your parents, see back then, our parents would tell us to go and stay in a child's place. That's but, right. You know, but I, I just wanted to know, you know, I had this natural, you know, inquisitiveness. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my parents, you know, and back then we only had, what, four channels? We had ABC. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm telling on myself, ABC, NBC, and CBS. And then we had like Fox came out. And so, you know, and families sat around the television and families watched the news together. You know, whatever grandma was watching is what you watch. <laughs> whatever right. your mother and father's watching is what you're watching. And so, you know, I became interested in the news. And I don't know, I would sneak to stay up and watch the news <laughs> at 10 o'clock. I'm on my knees around the corner and peeping. Because I just wanted to know what was going on. Don't ask me why, but (laughs) I think it was because, you know, my mother and father, you know, they talked to us, you know, age appropriately, but they didn't shield us. They didn't try to hide what was going on in the world. They wanted us to be informed and aware. Mm -hmm. And they did it in such a way that it piqued my interest. So I didn't grow up afraid of everything. I just knew, okay, these are things that I need to know in order to stay safe. That's awesome. But I I can relate to that because I think in my former life, I was supposed to be a journalist because I used to do a lot of writing when I was very young. But my love (laughs) passion and athletics took over. So I definitely can understand where you can kind of self-describe everything that you have done. Like, you know, this is how I got here. And then your parents were able to, you know, just help you foster all of that. That's just, that's awesome. That excites me. <laughs> it's a blessing. You know, you, you take for granted things as you grow up because you don't realize that not everyone has that. That's right. I didn't, in my neighborhood, there were two family homes. And so I didn't really know about split families and, mm-hmm. you know, blended families and things of that nature. Now, I guess you could say I was, you know, a little shielded from that, but, you know, I just grew up thinking, you know, well, moms and dads help each other because my mom and dad helped each other, you know? And so, you know, I, my father didn't talk down to my mother, you know, he Mm -hmm. supported her while she was going through nursing school and and he ended up going to college. And it was funny because we used to wonder, when do they see each other? You know, because between <laughs> both of them working and both of them in school and raising four children, it was something. But yeah, you you just kind of take it for granted that families work together. Right. And I was blessed. You know, now I, I truly take, I tell my children, I'm like, look, you know, 
it's hard work to have a family unit, but I was blessed. And so I'm trying to give them that same example. Amen to that. But as you mentioned, and everything that you're saying, representation is so very, very important. It was seeing a Black person on TV that helped set you on your trajectory. Tell me a little more about that. Oh, my goodness. I remember <laughs> her name, what she oh looked my God. like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'll tell you, her name is Diane Burns. And she worked at the ABC station in Chicago, WLS. Um, look at me, I'm giving her a whole biography. <laughs> but, but I tell you, Miss Burns was not just a pretty Black woman. She was intelligent. You know, she spoke and it just, it captured your attention. You knew whether or not she was doing a light story, a political story, a story about some unfortunate death in a family. She was going to treat each one with respect and you were going to be drawn in. And then, you know, and so I watched her report in the rain, in the sleet, in the snow, and, you know, and she went from a reporter to on the desk and, you know, in the prime time slots. And I just remember being proud that I saw someone who looked like me and she, she was a lot prettier, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, but she looked like me and I thought it's possible. You can't let people tell you what you cannot do just because it has not been done or they have not seen it. Yes. And I'm going to fast forward just a little bit. I'm, okay. I'm not going to jump ahead on your questions. No, it's okay. But this, Go ahead. thank you. So this was early to mid eighties when I, and then I'll fast forward to graduating from college. And my first job out of college, and I don't mind saying it, June 1996. Okay. I got a job at WLS working with Diane Burns. Wow. And you want to talk about, you know, like, and it's not hero worship, but I literally was like, oh my gosh, I am working with her. (laughs) And when we had our first conversation, she was like, child, please, you know, and it was just so funny how she talked to me. But She was a great mentor, but she wasn't, you know, high on herself. She really encouraged me. So we as women have got to understand that we are paving the way for the next woman and young man as well. But we've got to be uh, cognizant and be welcoming and be ready. So when that opportunity for the next, you know, you got to step down at some point. So you've got to be grooming that next generation of female leaders to even propel them even further than where you are. Yeah, that's and so it's so great that you got an opportunity to meet and work with someone that you admired, mm-hmm. you know, when you were younger and to be able to meet them in person and then for them to sometimes you meet people that you admire and then you think, wow. I'm not sure why I admired you because on television <laughs> you were one way, but in person yes. you were another. But you didn't have that experience because the wonderful thing is she was fantastic. Oh, yes. And it just made it so much better. And I say all of that just to remind people that when you be who you are mm-hmm. and when the people who admire you meet you, they will still be very impressed with you because you truly represent all that you are. May it be on television, radio, in person, in the store, no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I've come across people that way that I'm like, huh, mm-hmm. 
Mm. You're really different in person. I don't know if I like it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's like those memes, you know, on social media. It's like, be who, be who you post. That's right. And and I saw that one day and it was so funny because I said that. And then when I saw the meme, I was like, well, look at there, great minds, you know, (laughs) because the truth of the matter is even on my, my social media platforms, you know, there are times, and even, I don't know if it was this week or last week, I had to, I had this moment where I just wanted to just be a little bear, just a little, and just say, you know, some days I am holding on by a thread. I saw that post that you posted. I saw that. Yes. Yes. And that day I was like, you know what? But I am going to put my best foot forward anyway, Mm -hmm. because somebody is watching. You don't know who. And it's just like you said about being who you are, being authentic, because when that individual meets you, that, you know, they they have built up in their mind that this is going to be great. And then yeah. you open up your mouth and insert foot. And it is just so disheartening, you know, because mm-hmm. now, you know, you haven't lived up to their expectation. But not only that, you're faking, you know, you're committing fraud to yourself. Yeah. You're not being who you should really be. That's right. And all of these things, when I think and I look at different people's posts and and people who are inspira- supposed to be inspiring other people, uh, something that's really close to my heart is as a mom and as a woman, when I see posts about, you know, expecting women to not have feelings and not, you know, you're supposed to bounce back from everything. And, and I am just not a fan. If I had a team of 25 people working on me every day, let me tell y'all, right. let's just be real. When mm-hmm. I walk out the door, even mm-hmm. when I wake up, I'm going to be fabulous, do you know mm-hmm, I mean? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I don't have that. So right. what I give you is who I am. Fabulous. Nonetheless, still, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> being truly who I am. And if, mm-hmm. if I am not your cup of tea, I'm okay with that. I right. really am. But I've mm-hmm. got a couple, quite a few other people that truly love the authentic me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I want us women to get together and band together to promote this type of thought process. Yes. You know, it's okay to not be authentic, but y'all need to stay on that side and y'all can hang together. Right. On this side, we are authentic and we love who we are. You know what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you know, and, and I think the problem is, you know, and, and I know I work in media, so this means, you know, somebody may say, uh, ma'am, you know, <laughs> but, but I guess some of the problem is social media and it is media is what you see on television portrayed. Thankfully, I deal in news and I have a moral compass. So, you know, try my best to make sure that I present people in a manner that is going to um, uplift them and inspire others. That's right. And I, as you said, you know, if you had a team of 25 people, girl, if I had a nutritionist, <laughs> my own personal trainer, somebody to do my hair and beat my face every day, listen here. And I don't even mess with filters. I'm like, look, no. if you can't stand this chicken pox spot, <laughs> on my face, <laughs> then I'm sorry. I'm going to need you to go ahead and swipe. <laughs> That's right. You need to move to the side because this yes. isn't working. <laughs> right, because, you know, we have to understand that we are beautiful in who, you know, we are who we are. And as That's you said, right. I was uh, trying to make a mental note because you said some of these inspirational people tell you, we just got to bounce back. No, right. man. Hold no. on. Take a moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying wallow. Right. And I'm not saying stay. But you do need to have a moment for yourself to say, okay, what got me here? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? 
And where do I need to go? And I would even add a fourth one. How do I avoid this in the future? But if you don't learn from the experience and you don't learn unless you take a moment Mm -hmm. and you sit with it, you say, okay, this is not something I want to repeat. So how do we get past it? But no, you don't just bounce back. We all go through different things. I'm going through right now. You wouldn't know it because I'm taking this time for myself. I told my husband and my three sons, do not walk in this door. <laughs> I, this, is, this is mommy's time, and yeah. I'm talking to the women. That's and right. We are sharing, and we are going to inspire one another. That's you know, right. so, anyway, I'm sorry because you know that. I no, get you chatty. Are fine. I get chatty. It's all right because what I'm loving is you are a member of, shall I say, Sigma Gamma Rho. <laughs> Look, I was about to eat it, but you know, I don't know if you're. <laughs> Your listeners may not be ready. They'll be like, oh, my God, my eardrum. Yes, yes ma'am. I am a proud member of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. That's awesome. But you're also on the advisory. You have an advisory role with them as well. Yes. So for the last couple of years, I've been advising a couple chapters here in the Raleigh area. And, you know, it's, it's a return to a role that I've played once before when I lived in Kansas City, Missouri. I I was an advisor once before, felt a couple of different roles and it is, it's good. It keeps me youthful, keeps me young. It allows me to do exactly what I'm doing right now. And that's just, you know, trying to inspire someone to be better. So in our sorority, we are a community service organization. And it's funny because people say, well, isn't that just for college? And we say, no, this is for life. You pledge your life for this. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about the t-shirt. Now, we we like a good t-shirt now. (laughs) (laughs) I I have some good Perry. We we call it Perry paraphernalia. (sighs) But it's not just about, you know, just wearing the letters. You know, we're founded by seven Black school teachers. And we were... We are a historically black sorority. Mm-hmm. However, we now have, I mean, this is 2021, and we have women of all walks of life, you know, with different cultures, backgrounds, and ethnicities. So, you know, That's you know, wonderful. people yeah, people think, oh, well, it's just a black sorority, so it's just black women. No, we have I have, you know, white sororities, uh, I have Indian sword, you know, well, they have an Indian background, Arab backgrounds. And, you know, so we are international. And the goal is to serve your community. And our focus is on women and children. All of our programming is geared towards helping women, you know, March of Dimes is one of our, one of our best, well, I hate to say best, one of, (laughs) you know, I'm going to have to rewind because there are so many, you know, we participate in March of Dimes, St. Jude's, and that's very close to my heart because I have a niece who is a cancer survivor. So, you know, I run for St. Jude and Mm -hmm. of course we raise money. And then, you know, we have SWIM 1922. We are the only Black organization that has a partnership with USA SWIM to help decrease and hopefully someday eliminate the number of drownings in Black and brown children. Because, you know, there is this stigma, you know, we don't swim. And so, you know, we... We have sorors that are, you know, Olympic medalists, you know, and they helped us form a partnership. It's all about service. And this, what I'm doing right now, I feel goes along with that in that I want to inspire someone 
to continue to serve your community wherever you are. It doesn't have to be in an organization, but you know, if you find that organization that suits you, then of course, join up with them because we can do more together, right? That's right. Amen to that, man. You have dropped some serious nuggets through all of that, which always brings me to my next question because when I learned that you are a two-time Emmy award-winning producer, I just thought like, wow, <laughs> you know, that's, you just don't think you're going to meet anyone who has an Emmy. I mean, come on, let's least of all two of them. <laughs> You know, so I guess my question to you is, why did you jump from writer to producer? Basically, you have to climb up the ladder. (laughs) So let's start there. And it's so funny because while you were talking, I've got my hand over my head and I even just stopped for a second. I'm like, girl, stop. You earned those enemies. But it's funny because I feel like it's an outer body experience that you're talking about someone else. But even that, when I speak at um, schools and organizations for, you know, young women, I take the Emmys and I let them hold them and rub them and take pictures with them because I don't want it to seem like it's something that's so unobtainable. Right. I want them to know if I can do this, so can you. I did not come from money <laughs> at all. <laughs> we had what we needed. Okay. I'll, I'll say that. But this was not an easy road for me. I had to stay focused. I had to persevere mm-hmm. through lots and lots of trouble. And it wasn't easy. But here I am. And I'm grateful for it. Whenever I have an opportunity, I like to tell people, look, you know, don't think you're going to come out of school and get that $50,000 a year job because it doesn't happen like that for everyone. No matter how many A's and B's you have, you have to start somewhere. Be humble. That's right. So when I came out of school and I got the job I told you about and working with Miss Diane Burns, I was like, ah, you know, so I was on the assignment desk. So basically what I did was I took all the phone calls and story ideas and I would wear a suit and heels to work every day. And the other assignment editors um, or associates would wear gym shoes and sweatshirts and jeans. <laughs> and why are you always so dressed up? And we got to run around on our shoes. And I said, listen, you dress. Well, I shared this after Miss Burns shared it with me because she called me in her office. <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> called me in the office and she said, I want to sit and talk with you for a moment. And I was like, oh, oh, you know, so I'm scared. <laughs> and she says, I really like the way you dress. And I was like, oh my God, you know, but that was because I had a second part-time job. And that job was selling clothes at a kind of high-end store in Chicago at the time. But I did what I had to do because I could get a discount so that I could wear the suits and the nice blouses and look professional. Because again, as I said, I didn't come for money. I was sitting there and I'm listening to, again, my idol tell me she likes the way I'm presenting myself. And she says, and I want you to remember to dress for the job you want, not the Mm -hmm. job you have. Yes. And that has stuck with me since 1996. Do you hear me? I'm telling you this. Wow. Because what it did for me is it told me people will judge you on appearance first. Right. And then they will listen to what you have to say. So just make sure you have something to say afterwards. That's right. So moving forward, I got my break because one day there was a breaking news story. 
and all the reporters were out doing other big news stories and they ran in the room with all of us assignment, uh, you know, assignment desk workers. And they said, okay, we need somebody to go out. And they literally pointed down four young ladies and here I was in my suit and heels. They said, okay, you get your stuff, get out. We need you to go do this interview. And I'm like, who, who, who me? You know, <laughs> now, I wasn't on air, but they just needed me to cover the story. Sure. But the fact that I was prepared if I'm talking to someone out there right now, always be prepared. Don't get ready. Stay ready. Yeah. That, that needs a t-shirt right there. Listen, I'm sure it is. It's a meme somewhere too, I'm sure. But <laughs> but these are things that I learned, of course, before, you know, before social media girl. We we were hearing this stuff and we we're like, oh, now they got a t-shirt for it. But so I was an assignment editor, and then I moved to Kansas City, Missouri. And I became an associate producer, which was a writer. And I said, okay, you know, I'm cutting my teeth, but now I'm ready. And thankfully, I got my big break on a morning news show producing. And after a couple of years there, I moved here to Raleigh, North Carolina as a producer. Wow. I know I took the long way around that. I'm no, so sorry. You are fine. It's just, well, it, it helps us connect better with you. Like I can visualize everything that you're saying. You know, as you're going through all of these steps, I, I feel like I'm like reliving it with you because you're describing it perfectly. Like, oh, yes. I'm so yeah, glad I'm because sure I, pr- I, I right. pride myself on being a storyteller. So, you yay, me. Great. You are doing great. <laughs> well, inquiring minds want to know, you know, what did you win the Emmys in? Like for like what particular stories or topics did you get your Emmy? Emmys with an S. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was for the best newscast. And the other one was for breaking news. And sadly, you know, where most people will break down in a stressful situation, that's kind of where I thrive. Mm-hmm. But it also, it's sad because I did win it. You know, and I, I know it sounds strange, but I won an Emmy for reporting on a story that ended in someone's death. Oh, no. There was a scaffolding accident in downtown Raleigh. There was a big high rise being put up. And I mean, you know, it was crazy in the newsroom. The scanners were blaring, the firefighters, you know, the police, everybody's yelling. And so we knew we needed to get our, we scrambled and got our helicopter up. We sent, we sent one crew at first, but then it became very clear we needed more than one. You know, it was just knowing when to let people talk and and as a producer, you know, and my job, because I know we've been vilified and and people have a right to their opinions. Sure. But I, as I've said before, you know, at the very top, I have a moral code that I live by mm-hmm. and I am not, you know, I don't care about, of course, I need money to pay my bills, but. I'm not doing this for the awards. I'm not doing this because I just want to make a lot of money and to exploit people. You have to show respect and you need to tell the whole story, fair and balanced. Mm -hmm. And on that day, it wasn't about just, you know, okay, the who, what, when, where, why, and how, you know, what we learned in third grade. It was about allowing people who were on the scene to just talk about how they felt and share that moment. And I said, look, I know we're supposed to go to break. We're not going. We're, <laughs> we are not going to cut someone off in That's the right. middle of their sentence. Yeah. And it was funny because when we finally wrapped and my news director came in the control room, I, I just 
bit my head down and I was like, oh God, I'm about to get it. <laughs> and he said, Miriam, that is news. That is That's the news. way you cover yes. a story. And at that moment, you know, and there had been other moments that I thought I had done a good job, but that moment, it was like I felt validated because someone I respected who had been in the business even longer than I had told me, I, you did the right thing. You wow. know, we don't worry about commercial breaks, which is what pays our bills. Sure. But you don't stop because we think we have to hit a commercial. You allow people to share their story, their heartbreak. And it's not about zooming in on a tear. It is about <laughs> letting people have their moment. If they want to tell us, you stop what you're doing. And then the other one was Best Newscast. Again, it was I want to say it was weather related because we get crazy weather here in Raleigh. And I mean, I think I had about 12 crews and I was juggling and I had graphics and all this stuff going. And it was like, I had, you know, we start sitting down. Next thing I know, I'm standing up with my headsets on and I'm like, go to this shot, go to that shot. You know, I felt like I was like on top of the world. And then to get nominated for something that this is my job. It is to keep people safe. That's right. there you go. Those are my two images. <laughs> well, since we're going to get all in your business in a little bit, uh-huh. let me, uh, can you give us like any insight on what might be your next award-winning project? Well, you don't know that you're in an award-winning project when you're doing it. Okay. So let me start there. <laughs> let me start there. Because even a couple of years ago, now you're talking about the Emmys because people are aware of the Emmys and that's fine. But actually one award that I'm very proud of is, is the, and I'm going to mess it up. Oh my goodness. Okay. It's so right. it's, it's just us. No, yeah. <laughs> us and I don't know how many other people are tuning in. Exactly. It was a huge hoity-toity award that I received in Washington, D.C., the National Association of Broadcasters Award. And it was for a documentary and a, a community talk back that we did on a documentary called Black and Blue. And this is shameless promotion. Black and Blue is on WRL doc, it, doc as in documentary, um, dot com. And that arose out of some of the, the murders wow. by black, uh, well, by police officers uh, yeah. that ended with black people dead. And one day I came to work and it was after Cas- Fernando Castile. And I sat down in my seat because I come in at five o'clock in the morning and the first blurb hit from Minneapolis. And there had just been so many that year and over the years, but that year specifically, and this is in July. And I, I just cried and I am not a crier. I'm very emotional oh. sometimes. Oh yeah, I sat there and I cried. And I posted, this is one of those vulnerable moments. I was like, when is this going to stop? Because I don't know what to tell my sons. Right. So it wasn't about me trying to get attention from me, but it's always about, I've got to tell my children mm-hmm. how to act, how to be. And a couple of my coworkers saw, and managers, because you know our social is open to everyone. And one of my coworkers came to me, a manager, and she said to me, are you okay? And I usually say, yeah, I'm fine. I'll be okay. But that day I looked, turned her eye and I said, no, I am not all right. And this nation should not be all right. Mm. And she said, what can we do? We need to do something. We call ourselves the news leader 
in the area. We are the number one station here in Raleigh. If we have an opportunity to just change one person's mind, what do we need to do? And I said, I told her some things, you know, I won't say it right now. And the next thing I know, I got a call from the the general manager. And he said, I want to meet with you. And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in trouble now. He said, I'd like for you to document what kind of program, what kind of documentary, what can we do? And I literally laid it all out, word for word, what we should do, who should we talk to? Not saying that we have to do it this way, but this is a start. And what they did and what we did as a station, I was so proud of it because it was, it really did make change here. And we got nominated for an Emmy for, uh, I think we had a Gabriel Award too, which is also another big award. I know we got an Edward R. Morrow for it. And this uh, organization, as I say, the National Association of Broadcasters gave us an award. And that one meant the most to me because Black and Blue talked about how the community sees police and how police try to do their job and how they have to approach each situation. And so just kind of peeling back that la- that those layers. Mm-hmm. And this was four years ago and we're still looking at it. That we're wow. still, yes, mm-hmm. still. So when you talk about what is my next project, well, right now we're working on something else, dealing with race in America, because you can't run away from it. That's why we are where we are right now, right? And while everyone may not, you know, they may not approve of our approach, they may not approve of our methodology, but we're going to tell both sides and that's all we can do. And we'll allow you to sit with it again. Long, long, long answer around the corner. But, you know, I, like I said, I don't know if that's going to be award winning, but I hope that it changes hearts. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I, I definitely believe that. But like I have my thoughts. But what do you think is why do you think it's so important that we have African-Americans in high level decision making roles in order to. To share everyone's experience, everyone must be there at the table, just like women. Mm-hmm. You know, we have got to be in the boardroom in order for men to see that we matter and that our opinions matter, our dollars matter. And, you know, it's the same with any race. But since I am a Black woman, I will say, no, you won't see it this way because this is not your experience. It's not to say that you're a bad person. You just have not lived this. Yeah. And so, you know, as Black people, we have been forced to learn everybody's history. Everybody's, mm. right? And we get relegated to 28 days. And some, and some think that that's too much. And so um, I think that it's important for us, and I'm grateful that we are at this turning point right now in history where, you know, in hearts and minds, I mean, it's been a long time coming, of course, you know, because of course this has been going, this fight is not new, you know, (laughs) you know, when we talk to our grandparents, of course, they can tell you, oh yeah, this has been going on. We've been fighting for this. And now I understand why I see tears fall from the eyes of 70, 80 year olds, you know, because they've been on the front line fighting for this moment for a uh, vice president to be a black, a woman of black and Indian heritage. Yes. Who can 
share our experiences, to make sure that everyone gets a share of the pie. And that's why it's important for us to be in that boardroom. And for me, in the newsroom, you know, when they're making decisions on which stories to cover, you know, here in Raleigh, Southeast Raleigh, I'll just, you know, for those who are unfamiliar, is predominantly, well, I won't even say predominantly Black, but you do have a large number of Black families. And then you go to North Raleigh, which is going up towards the Wake Forest area. And I'm Mm -hmm. not going to say that there are no Black families living there. That is not what I'm saying. And we have affluent African-Americans and Black people who live here. But if you are choosing to only cover one portion of the city, and it's because you don't have someone to say, hey, look, I think this is an important story that is you know, impacting the people in this area. I don't want you to brush it away just because it's not your experience because see, you happen to live up in North Raleigh. That's right. I just try to break it down so that people can really take in why it's important, you know, and why it's important for me to remain in a producer position because I can make a decision as to what stories I want to put in. Do I want to have every shooting? No. I want to tell you about something good that is also happening in in our communities. Yeah. That's awesome. It's riveting. (laughs) Wow. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm just talking about my career. Come on. We're supposed to be talking about athletics and working out. Daisy has helped you along the way with your fitness journey. Oh, my goodness. When I tell you I love Lauren Daisy. (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) Yes. 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 So, (laughs) yes. Yes. Let me tell you. Because uh, running is new to me. Well, I guess you can't say it's really new to me. I started running in um, 2013. And that was because I wanted to mark being 10 years smoke free. If you want to talk about that, we could talk about that later. But (laughs) I wanted to do something big. And Rock and Roll Raleigh was coming here. And so, of course, I didn't meet Daisy then, but I did go to a wonderful Omega Sports. I didn't know anything (laughs) about, you know, getting my stride and my gait measured. I knew nothing. Okay. And so I had been running in cross trainers. I won't give the brand name, but I I had been running in cross trainers. And people were like, are you kidding me? But I was like, well, this is just what I had. I didn't know what else to do. (laughs) And, uh, you know, after that, you know, of course I went and I got fitted for my very first pair of Saucony Gods. And let me tell you, they have never failed me. Ever, never, (laughs) ever, never, never, ever, never, ever. Okay. So I think I've said enough. Love it. Listen. And so uh, fast forward maybe a couple years and that's when I met. Daisy, I went back to the Northfield store and here she was bebopping around and I just thought she was so sweet. She's so cute. And I said, listen, this is what I run in. Needs to, you know, get a new pair. And she's like, have you tried other things? Just want to make sure you don't get yourself, you know, just only on one brand. I said, yeah, actually I did, but okay, I'm, I'm open. And she took time with me, walked me through several pair, and guess what we came back to? Mm-hmm. You, you know it, Sockley <laughs> Guide. And every year I visit, you know, so even if I, I'm not running a race, I still, well, I'm always running a race. <laughs> but I'm like going, <laughs> yes, I'm going back to Omega Sports and 
recently, oh, I had the pleasure of taking my baby boy. I'm so proud of him. He's doing cross training on his own volition. Wow. And I took him to Omega Sports. And guess what my baby runs in? Sockney. <laughs> well, I guess he has a foot like his mama. He gets it. It from his, he gets it from his mama. <laughs> but he so enjoyed the atmosphere and being able to test him out on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. But every time I come in, I tell myself, okay, Mimi, go in there, get your shoes, leave. Don't get in the conversation. What do I do? 45 minutes later, <laughs> Daisy and I have just talked. Oh my gosh, I just love her. And oh, don't talk about when she sold me my garment. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when she sold me my garment, I needed to know everything about it because, you know, I'm like, I'm about to drop how much money? I need to know. So yeah, oh, I love her. I, I love her, love her, love her. <laughs> That's, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Daisy. We love her. She is great at what she does. And just, she knows a lot about running, a lot about all the, you know, items that you need for running. So in saying that, I know that your one of your favorite things to have is your Saucony running shoes, your Garmin watch. What other must-haves are for are good for you that you take for you to go running? Ooh, let me tell you. Okay, I learned about noon. Yes, I am. Um, what is it? The strawberry lemonade one? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Because you know, I had to try several, and that's the one I settled on. I love the honey stingers. Oh, Those yes. are phenomenal. I used to like the the goo uh, gel blocks, but but the funny thing is they get stuck in my teeth. Yeah. So then I'm losing stride and gait because I'm trying to pick it out of my teeth. Oh my gosh! I know people are like laughing at me because I'm running and I'm like, <laughs> I'm out. Okay, so another product that I buy from you guys, um, I must have my Belega sh- uh, Belega socks. You're a Belega fan. Oh my listen, gosh! Listen to me, okay? Okay, so now. On my regular runs, I can probably run, you know, I won't say the brand names, but a regular brand name. But when it is race day, listen here, <laughs> there is a Belega on my feet. Do not be confused. Okay. So there's that. And uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Ding, ding, ding. The hand full sports bra. Listen, Girl. ladies, ladies, Girl. listen to me. Okay, now I'm, now I'm about to tell you all my business. I <laughs> So I'm not a big girl at all. I'm kind of small, but I have big boobies. Okay. Yeah. Is that 36, right? Look, 36 double D. Listen, and people. And is a gem, isn't it? Listen, we don't need stuff moving and grooving when That's we're on right. this run, right? That's right. I, as a matter of fact, this morning, I wore my handful of bra and everything stayed exactly where it needed to be. That's right. And it, it's just, it's one <laughs> less thing to worry about. And so I know you all, I'm so sorry. Don't be sorry. This is important listeners, information. This is like, so listeners are like, oh my God, who is this woman? She's crazy. <laughs> but the point is, I mean, like this is real life stuff. You know what it I'm is. saying? We are worried about like, I mean, you know, how are we going to make this happen? So I I don't care if I have to hand wash that sucker every day. I, <laughs> look, listen to me, people. <laughs> I love it because I try to tell people all the time, listen, if you want to be an efficient runner, nothing needs to move. Mm, it's nothing. that simple. You got to keep it compact mm-hmm. and tight. I don't care what size you are. <laughs> it needs to stay tight. Mm-hmm. You don't need to worry about anything flopping around. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I mean that. So mm-hmm. I am a huge handful lover as well. And she actually is fantastic, the person that we work with. And I mean, I can't say enough about handful. 
They're fantastic. Oh, well, I, look, you can add me to that list. I love it. I love yes. it. So you gave everybody a rundown on all the must have for you. Yeah. Of course, Saucony's her fave, which, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people love Saucony. They're wonderful. Yes. Um, but what other advice would you give to, you know, women like yourself, like me, professional women who have a lot on their plate, but they still want to make some time to go get a workout in? For me, I would have to say, I try to squeeze in 20 minutes. I don't care how my day went. I try to squeeze in at least 20 minutes. But what advice do you have? I would definitely say always make time for yourself. You make an appointment to go to the dentist, to get your hair done, to get your nails done, your pedicure and everything else, right? That's right. So you think that those things are necessary and they're really not because you can give your own self a manicure and a pedicure. You can actually wash and cut your own hair. I am proof of it. But <laughs> but what you absolutely need, and and I have found this to be true for me, okay? is I need time to just be with nature, to be alone, to Mm -hmm. not think about my husband's needs, my children's needs, work, my civic organizations that I'm a part of. I just need time to decompress. And that's what running and fitness has brought me. As I kind of alluded to earlier, you know, I started running to mark being smoke-free. and. You know, it was like the bug hit me after that first half marathon. I was like, yep, this is it. You know, because (laughs) even the training, you know, it was just my time to just look up at the sky. And even those hills that I would have to run up, you know, and in my head, I'm like, flam, 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 flam. Why am I doing this? (laughs) But, you know, as one of my friends, one of my running buddies says, bills, what do you say? Hills pays the bills. You know, it's like, you know, you you know, you want to lift that, that bun. That's what you need to do. You need to do more. Put the work in. Yeah, you got to put the work in. And, you know, so it's not just, and and I would just implore all the women who are listening, you know, don't think of it as just always work. It is time for yourself, even if it's just a walk. Because, and I love that you said 20 minutes, because sometimes I don't have time to get in that long run that I want, I thought in my head, (laughs) oh, I'm going to do, no, you know, because it's like, okay, I still have to go pick up my children from carpool. If I can, I'm going to run this down really quickly for your, your, your listeners. I always think viewers, because I work on TV. TV, That's Um, right. (laughs) I am up at 3.30 every morning, Monday through Friday. I'm up at 3.30 at work at five o'clock. So when some people are just rolling over, I am already at work. And I work from five to one and the YMCA that I normally go to either to do my weight training or my treadmill meal runs is 10. I'm grateful for that. It's only 10 minutes away. So when I log off at one, I need to run to the bathroom, change into my running clothes and workout gear and hurry over by at least one thirty to start my run, my workout, whatever it is I'm going to do. Because by 2.30, I need to be on the road to get to North Raleigh to pick up my children who get out of school at 3. And then we must go home. So now it is, you know, I always say it's books, bath, and bed, Mm -hmm. you know, but in between, of course, I got to feed them. So, (laughs) so, So the books is the homework. So I'm helping them with homework while I'm cooking. 
after my shower, of course. And, you know, and so it doesn't stop. And until 830, when I put them in the bed, and then I have to have a coherent conversation with my husband at some point, That's right? Right. <laughs> right. You know, and so the, it, there are days that I don't get in the bed until 9, 930. You know what I mean? Wow. And um, it's crazy. So when I, when people say things to me, oh, I sure wish I had time to work out like you do. And I look at them like, have you lost your mind? (laughs) Because you make time for what is important to you. That's right. And for me, when I'm running or working out, you know, and I say it's time for me to go throw some weights around because some days I literally have to do my kettlebell swings hard Mm -hmm. because something happened, you know, it's been a tough day, but my family doesn't deserve to get that you know, that I was carrying, I let it out at the gym or when I'm running those heels, you know, and I'm talking, I talk to God. Some of you have a higher power. I'm saying, you know what? I need you to remove this from me because they don't deserve this. These are children. And that is my husband. Mm -hmm. And I want to stay married. That's right. Yeah, this is important. (laughs) And if you're not, that's fine. If you're by yourself, that's cool too. But I will say that I I have to make that time. So I applaud you, Cleo, for even if it's 20 <laughs> minutes, you make those the most. Pr- Look, this week, and you probably saw, I don't know if you, you saw me this week, I was able to eke out, eke out a two-mile run before I had to go and get my son from school. Yep. But I was like, look here, I got to get this in. That's you know, right. I just I have to do it for me, you know, so that I know that I took a moment to just inhale and exhale for myself. For so ladies, you know, because here's the thing, the world does not stop if something happens to us. No. And that's sad to say, but we but think true. that, right. We think that everything hinges upon us. No, ma'am, it does not. Because I understand that if something should happen to me, I'm not speaking bad things into my life. No, not at all. But but my job will have they will have my position posted in a week and have somebody in my position performing it. That's right. My children and my husband will mourn me, but they will have to at some point pick themselves up and keep moving on. That's right. And so we have got to take care of ourselves before we can take care of anything else or anyone else. Yes. Say that again. See, you said a lot of things and I want people to not just listen to this podcast and refer back to it, but I already follow you on all your socials. But tell other people, because I'm going to want women to be able to connect with you. You know, you never know who you're going to touch when we, you know, show this podcast, air this podcast. So let everybody know how they can, you know, follow you, keep up with you, any like websites or social media, you know, put it out there. Okay. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to do this. So yes. I am the chic producer, 1922. <laughs> <laughs> And, and look, that is not my doing. I don't want y'all to think, oh, she got to be here. No. But I like to, as I told you, I like to dress up. So my little wardrobe has grown over the years. And I just dress up, even during this coronavirus, yeah. I dress up and I put on my matching mask or whatever. And it makes me feel better because I've had to still go into the office. 
so I at first I was starting to kind of fall into a, a funk. And I said, but you know, when I dress up, I feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. So to each one of you, I would tell you, honey, take time, put some makeup on, do your hair, have a full blown photo shoot. Do it. <laughs> Make your, you know, for yourself. So the chic producer came from a friend of mine. Who was like, if you dress so chic, you know what? That's what I'm going to call you, the chic producer. So when I started my first Instagram, I didn't know what to do, but I noticed that everybody had their own little handles. So chic producer 1922, that's C-H-I-C producer 1922. Now there you're going to find some of my running posts. You're going to see some of my Sigma Gamma Row posts. You're going to see something funny, something inspirational and yeah, so that's that. And then Get Fit With Me 22, ha ha ha, is a play. <laughs> I'm Miriam, but my nickname is Mimi, M-I-M-I. So again, I had to come up with a little handle. Get Fit With Me <laughs> is M-I. So it's Get Fit M-I 22. And I was certified as a personal trainer at one point, And I am going to do it again because I feel like People need to know that, you know, everybody is not an Instagram model and not a 22-year-old who's never had children and has like a size 20 waist and, you know, perfect hips and everything. You know, real (laughs) women, real women, and and look, not to knock them because they look fabulous, but real women are out here doing the thing. (laughs) We are working out. We we lift weights and we run and we work and we take care of kids and we we take care of our parents. I mean, there are so many hats that we're wearing. And so, yeah, if you can, please follow me. And on Facebook, I'm just Mimi K. Melvin. So that's M-I-K Melvin. And I look the same pretty much on each one of these. Like my hairstyle is different because I believe in changing my hair. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm a, look, I'm a naturalista. So, you know, my hair may be twisted. I may have it out in a fro, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, Yeah, you never know. But I love it, that. Ability to change, though. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yay! I'm so happy, also, Mimi. It has yeah. been my pleasure, and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on and talking to us about all things news producing, uh, fitness, uh, Sigma Gamma Row. It's just everything that you've given us is just so awesome, and I am so thankful. Oh my gosh, I gotta I gotta breathe now. I'm gonna exhale because Cleo, you know from the first conversation that we had, yeah, we laughed. It wasn't <laughs> like an interview or trying to get to know each other. We were laughing like we knew each other for 20 years. <laughs> so I wanna thank you and Mary as well for, you know, just making this process for me so smooth because as a producer, I'm like, I'm not used to this side, but (laughs) it is an honor, you know, to be asked to be a part of this and to help inspire other women. And I would be remiss if I, if I didn't shout out Daisy, yes, because that young lady is, I mean, she, of course she works in your, your company, but she really knows the products. And, mm-hmm. you know, I believe in the brand. I believe in what you're doing. So again, it is an honor for me to just be included today. So thank you for this opportunity. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. Thank you. And as we wrap up, I want to let people know, you can always follow us where you listen to your podcast. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget, like us and rate us 
And we'll see you all next time. Thank you.